There are some stories too dangerous to be told. Some messages so destructive, they threaten the fabric of our society. Some ideas so insidious that once you think them, they can't be unthought. Like the number nine most banned book of the 1990s, censored more often than The Catcher in the Rye or Madonna's coffee table book, Sex. Heather has two mommies by Leslie Newman. Heather lives in a little house with a big apple tree in the front yard and lots of tall grass in the backyard. Heather's favorite number is two. She has two arms, two legs, two eyes, two ears, two hands, and two feet. Heather has two pets, a ginger-colored cat named Ginger Snap and a big black dog named Midnight. Heather also has two mommies, Mama Jane and Mama Kate. One day, Mama Kate and Mama Jane tell Heather they have a surprise for her. You're going to start school next week, Mama Kate says. There will be lots of other kids to play with and a teacher named Ms. Molly, adds Mama Jane. Can Midnight and Ginger Snap come too, asks Heather. No, they have to stay home, Mama Jane says. But you can bring two special things with you, says Mama Kate. Heather chooses her favorite blue blanket to rest with at nap time and her favorite red cup to drink out of at snack time. Soon the big day arrives and Mama Kate and Mama Jane take Heather to her new school. There are so many things to play with. Heather sees building blocks, dress-up clothes, crayons, and paint. Heather also sees a big round table for snack time and a cozy, quiet corner for nap time. Later after nap time, all the children sit in a circle while Ms. Molly reads them a story about a boy whose father is a veterinarian. My mommy is a veterinarian, Juan says. A veterinarian is an animal doctor. My daddy is a people doctor, shouts David. My mommy is a people doctor too, shouts Heather even louder. What does your daddy do, David asks Heather. I don't have a daddy, Heather says. She looks around the circle and wonders, am I the only one here who doesn't have a daddy? I have an idea, Ms. Molly says. She looks around and says, let's all draw pictures of our families. Juan draws his mommy, daddy, and big brother, Carlos. Miriam draws her mommy and her sister, Rachel, playing in the park. Stacy draws her daddy and her papa reading her stories. Joshua hangs up the picture he drew of his mommy and stepfather dropping him off at his daddy's house. Emily tapes up the picture she drew of her grandma and their two puppies, Emmett and Charlie. David straightens out the picture he drew of his mommy and daddy when they brought his new sister, Veronica, home. 
Ms. Molly looks at all the pictures. It doesn't matter how many mommies or how many daddies your family has, Ms. Molly says. Doesn't matter if your family has sisters or brothers or cousins or grandmas or grandpas or uncles or aunts. Each family is special. And the most important thing about a family is love. There are some stories too dangerous to be told. That's what a few of the Pharisees tell Jesus when they come across this illegal parade his followers are holding, more of a riot, really. Throwing their clothes off, shouting song lyrics at the tops of their lungs, dangerous lyrics. Blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest heaven. The words themselves are from the Psalms, so no objection there, but they've changed them. They've added the word king. They've made it political. And, and it's really not the words anyway. It's the context. The message itself may be innocuous. Peace in heaven. Each family is special. Love wins. But it's how it's being applied and to whom. It's what it represents. If, if they say these words about Jesus, then it lends credence to the other things he says. Things like, blessed are the poor and the grieving and the peacemakers. Things like, love your enemies, and become like a child and sell all you own and give the money to the poor and follow me. And if those things are true, what else is true? Where does it end? There are some messages so destructive they threaten the fabric of society, threaten to reshape the world as we know it, like these banned books. Don't worry, I'm not going to read all of each of them. There's when Aiden became a brother. Mom hugged him tight. When you were born, we didn't know you were going to be our son. We made some mistakes, but you helped us fix them. And you taught us how important it is to love someone for exactly who they are. Claire and Mira, if you want to come get any of these books and look at them, you're welcome to. Or there's my rainbow. They're right over here, Kim. Mom dashed to the bathroom. The wig was big and fluffy on Trinity's head. The springy, curly, teal blue, dark pink and purple hair that Lucian had chosen lit up the whole room. Trinity's eyes sparkled. She was crying tears of joy. She ran her fingers through her curls. It's me, Mom. My hair has finally come. It's my rainbow. Or the family book. Some families have two moms or two dads. Some families have one parent instead of two. Some families like to be quiet. Some families like to be noisy. Some families like to be clean. Some families like to be messy. There are lots of ways 
to be a family. Your family is special no matter what kind it is. Okay, only two more. I am jazzed. I don't mind being different. I think what matters most is what a person is like inside. And inside, I am happy. I am having fun. I am proud. I am jazz. Jojo, you want some of these? Worm loves worm. Did I say that? Wait, says Cricket. That isn't how it's always been done. Then we'll just change how it's done, says Worm. Yes, says Worm. And so they were married. Because Worm loves Worm. There are ideas so insidious that once you think them, they cannot be unthought. And the problem, as the Pharisees know, is that these ideas are compelling, attractive. The idea that life could be peaceful, that our leaders could be just and good, that the world could be beautiful, even heavenly. Of course, the people are excited by those ideas and by the idea beneath all of those ideas that things could be different than they are right now that it's possible to change things for the better, that we could be part of that change. It's captivating, infectious, in part because it seems so obvious, so obviously true once you say it. So common sense, so simple and uncontroversial that a child could grasp it. And if they grasped it, the Pharisees know they might never let it go. They might cling to that beauty, that vision, that promise, that possibility until nothing was left of the old way. They might say to themselves, we'll just change how it's done. So the Pharisees know the shouting must be silenced at all costs. The story must not be told. The message must not be delivered. The idea must remain unthought while it still can be. The books must be banned. The laws must be passed. The decisions must be overturned while there is still time. And Jesus tells them it's no use. If these were silent, the stones would shout out. And if not the stones, then the trees. And if not the trees, then the waves. And if not the waves, then the sky. It's too late. It was always too late. The truth is written into creation. Bone deep. It's the bedrock that everything is founded on. Simple and obvious and compelling. It's not something you can keep quiet. It's not something you can cover up 
for long. If you try to dam that river, it will flow around every obstacle. If you stop one voice, 10 more will rise up singing. Jesus tells them, this is how things have always been done from the beginning. In the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God, the logos in the beginning, which my Greek dictionary calls the word by which the inward thought is expressed or that inward thought itself. In the beginning was an inward thought that wanted to be expressed, an idea that refused to be unthought, written into creation, speaking its name over and over again in everything that is. That idea is life and light and love for all people. And the powers of evil have tried to cover it up and scratch it out and paper it over for their own reasons. They are still trying. Today, they are still trying, but it cannot be done. It will not be done. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness cannot overcome it. The word has been spoken, and it will not be silenced. The world is changing. Justice is coming. The world can and will be beautiful. Join in the parade, the riot, lift your voice, send a message, tell the dangerous good story.